Once You Know, You Know, a podcast for busy women to level up their health and fitness so that they can get off the tie merry-go-round for good. This is real lessons from real women and industry professionals on how you can improve your health and fitness habits and discover just how incredible your body is and is designed to feel. I'm Lindsay Parkinson and I'll be your host. Let's get stuck into the episode. Welcome back to Once You Know, You Know, and in today's episode, I am going to be talking about the societal norms that influence our relationship with alcohol. Now, this is quite relevant at this particular time of year because it's the festive season, it's the silly season, and I know that you, my friend, are not silly. I'm not going to sit here and think that you don't know that drinking, especially in excess, has negative effects on both your mental and physical health. Also, if you are trying to change your body fat composition, it definitely will slow down your progress. But I like to think of myself as a bit of a realistic PT, and hopefully most of my clients can vouch for this. I would not direct a client to cut out drinking completely if they didn't think that it was a sustainable practice or behavior for them in the future. Now, that is because what I like to teach my clients when I'm working with them is how to factor in different behaviors that they have and different foods that they like in moderation so that they can sustainably maintain the fat loss that they get or the results that they get from my program. So it would be pretty negligent of me to say, hey, stop drinking while you're on this program. They get amazing results for the 12 weeks. But then after that, they decide to go back to incorporating drinking and they have no idea how to factor that in. Therefore, increasing their total calorie intake because they've now decided to have drinks every weekend. And then all of a sudden, their results are changing. They're starting to put on more body fat or they're starting to put on weight and things are changing and they're not really sure how. So my job is to make sure that they have all the information that they need. They can take what they want from it and then I can teach them how to balance it. But that's not what I was coming on here to talk to you about originally. This idea for this episode actually came about because I was having a discussion with a friend about the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yes, it is a bit of a sort of like pleasure of mine to sit down and watch some trash TV sometimes. I am somebody who like, I love learning, I love reading, but there are times where I just want to tune out. In particular, when I'm cooking, I hate cooking. I feel like I'm a bit of a lazy chef, to be honest. I cook the same sort of meals on rotation each week, but I just don't enjoy the process of cooking. So I will put something on to distract myself. It happens to be like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Sometimes it's Love Island. I don't even know, but it's a good habit for me because I feel like I'm multitasking. Often because I work with busy women, I'm like telling them, do the multitask, right? If you have trouble, like, you know, getting your steps up and you are going to the gym, it's part of your program and you want to watch a show, go and do your steps on the treadmill. Sometimes I do that when it's too hot to walk outside. So anyway, in this season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Kyle Richards has decided to not drink. She's on a little bit of a health kick, so to speak, and she is doing a lot of exercise. Her body composition has changed dramatically. People are speculating that it is definitely not just from diet, exercise, and not drinking, but that is not for me to be discussing on today's podcast. But a few times throughout this season, she has opted to not drink. She's not drinking at the moment, and she is copying it from her friends. They're all like, you're exercising excessively. You must be going through something. They're jumping to all of these conclusions. And I am sitting here with the lens of like my PT glasses on. And I'm sitting here thinking, she's actually trying to do something positive for her mental and physical health, yet you're trying to steer her into doing something negative. Now, because they're all accusing her of going through something at this particular point in her life, and I mean, this is dramatized. The producers are obviously going to be like egging the other women on like, try and make her crack probably, you know, make sure that she gets really riled up because it has come out since the season has finished that her and her husband are splitting up. Now, she clearly was going through something like quite traumatic and quite emotional, and potentially she could have been using diet and exercise to maintain her feelings. However, however, 
Most of this is probably going to be done under the guidance of a qualified healthcare professional because she is very, very privileged and very wealthy. So I doubt that she's just undertaking some information she found on the internet. And she is probably working with a personal trainer, maybe even a nutritionist and a chef pretty closely. I'm making that assumption, but somebody with that type of income at their disposal probably would go down that path to make sure they get the exact result that they want. But the point is that she is surrounded by a bunch of women who, while they can see that she's struggling emotionally with something, are almost trying to steer her in the direction of she's not fun because she's no longer drinking when she's actually chosen potentially the better option for her mental and physical health. And I do believe in one of the episodes she even references, would you rather me get drunk and then make a fool of myself and I can't afford to be depressed right now because alcohol is a depressant. So she actually says it to me and they all don't say anything. But I find this really, really interesting that drinking culture sometimes puts pressure on somebody when they're making positive behavior changes, whether that be for their mental or their physical health, But people just assume that you must have something going on if you're not drinking or are you pregnant? That's usually the two options that people or conclusions that people come to. And it becomes a bit of a talking point where it really, really shouldn't be because it has to take a lot for somebody to get to the point and numerous occasions where they are excessively getting drunk, where people are like, hey, should we reach out to them? Because I feel like they've got a bit of a problem. Now, I will definitely say that some of the women think that maybe there is some sort of underlying issue with how much she's exercising. You know, I can't speak for that. I don't know how much she's exercising. And that is definitely a concern. However, whatever somebody is going through, especially when it is connected to your mental health, it's probably never a good idea to sort of encourage them to drink excessively or explain to them, you're just not that fun anymore because you don't drink. What that really says, if you say that to somebody or if someone says that to you, you're just not that fun anymore, is that they don't view you as a fun person unless you're engaging in what is potentially a negative behavior. And if you are truly friends with someone and you have a deep connection with them, they will think you are fun even if you aren't drinking. They won't need you to be on the same level as them unless they have their own sort of underlying issues. Now, a few of the reasons that people can sometimes want to undertake drinking in social settings or potentially even drink too much in social settings is because there is a bit of a like cultural norm around this. Drinking alcohol is deeply ingrained in a lot of social traditions and celebrations. And if that's an activity or a behavior that you've done multiple times in a row, and then all of a sudden there's like a bit of a cold stop, of course, people are going to have some questions. But if it's the other way around, it's very rare that people are willing to approach a subject. Like say somebody gets incredibly wildly drunk three like occasions in a row. It's harder for people to go and have that conversation. Hey, are you okay? You've just been getting a little bit wild at the last few times I've seen you. I just want to check in. Everything's okay. A lot of people just won't approach that subject. You know, they don't feel comfortable doing that. But you choose not to drink once and sometimes it can be the assumption that you're pregnant or that you know there's something else going on. Like, oh, And if you choose to do it a few times in a row or you moderate your alcohol consumption because it just doesn't align with your goals and what you're trying to achieve, people have heaps to say. And it's really weird because they have a lot to say around what is a positive choice. And I sometimes find it really difficult to get my head around. Now, I'm not perfect. I definitely feel like I would have been one of those people in like that later period of my 20s, say from like 25 to 30, that potentially could have been that friend that says, hey, you know, have have another drink. It's fun. Or buying people drinks. I definitely know that I did this. Buying people drinks so that I would make sure that they were having fun. And that was probably a pretty selfish thing for me to do 
because often it was because I was going through something mentally and I would choose alcohol as an escape and I wouldn't want other people to leave because then I would have to go home and think about my own issues. So I would want people to stay out really late with me and drink heaps of alcohol with me and have heaps of fun. But the reality of the situation was that a lot of those times I was getting blackout drunk to deal with my own feelings. And it's only now that I'm older that I really look back at that. And I'm not ashamed of that. I'm very, very, like very open about it because I can see why I was doing that. I was really hurting. I was really hurting over situations that had happened in my life and I was using it as a way to cope. And that I potentially at that particular point was before I met Robbie, like I was lonely. And I was like, that's okay, I'm going out and I'm having fun. And some of those nights were really fun, but the reality of it is some of those nights I really don't remember. There's a lot of them that I don't remember. And when we come and talk about maybe like the societal norms or the cultural norms around drinking, a lot of times people feel like it is a social bonding experience. So they feel like that they bond because our inhibitions are lower when we start drinking. So many social events and gatherings and celebrations involve the presence of alcohol. And some people have a bit of social anxiety or they feel the pressure to fit in. They don't want to feel left out or maybe they don't want to really share the real reason why they're choosing not to drink. So it's actually easier for them to just drink because everybody else is doing it. You know, that's sort of what happened when we were teenagers, right? We would just drink a bit of, oh, everyone's drinking, everyone's drinking, even if it was more than maybe what we should have been. And we just sort of ran with it. So peer pressure is a really, really powerful influencer, especially in social settings. So where you might be around the person that I used to be that would encourage you to drink more, even if you didn't want to, and you felt like you couldn't say no, and you felt like you wanted to conform to either the person or group's behavior. But now that I've gotten older, when you know better, you do better. And that's why I provide this information to women. And when I am on, when you're on my program, and you work with me, I actually help you with strategies on how to help your friends understand what you're trying to achieve. Your friends should want to support you, not make you do what is a benefit to them, right? They see sometimes you changing or your choices as impacting their time or as sometimes it can actually be a mirror to something that they would like to change in themselves. And that can be met with like a negative or sort of a little bit of pushback. So it's not as socially acceptable to be the person that doesn't want to drink. And that's what's happening in these episodes of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Like you have these women that are just saying, tell us what's going on. And obviously she's going through a marriage breakdown. Tell us what's going on. And she obviously doesn't, very clearly does not want to talk about it. She's also very clearly telling them, I'm not drinking for health reasons, but it's not enough for them. And they keep going and they keep going. So when I'm watching this, now that you know I'm in this job and I'm in this like health realm, I look at it completely differently. And I think that it is an opportunity for a lot of us to do the same. If you have a friend or you're the person that decides that they want to make some positive health changes and they opt not to drink, be supportive. Be that cheerleader and be like, absolutely. Hey, we can still go out and have a wonderful dinner. You can still go out and enjoy all the foods. And instead of getting drinks, potentially maybe like, hey, would you like to share a really nice dessert? Something that you wouldn't normally allow yourself the opportunity to have because you're like, oh, the dessert will have so many calories. When in reality, like an espresso martini has somewhere upwards of like 230 to 260 calories. Huge. It's like a cheeseburger or a Mars bar. And I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I used to go out and drink four or five of them in one night. And then I was like, I don't know why I'm putting on so much weight. Because not only that, obviously, when we drink, it can have some negative effects on our health. We know this. But because our inhibitions are lowered, we tend to maybe stray from our health values or our health and fitness goals 
because we just don't have the same cognitive ability to make positive decisions. So it also has the ability to stimulate your appetite. So while you've got these lowered inhibitions, then you've got this stimulated appetite, it can lead to overeating or more often than not, making less than desirable healthy food choices because you're more likely to go to the kebab shop or the pizza shop or both and just get a copious amount of food because you're starting to feel the effects of the alcohol wear off and sort of the less great effects of drinking too much, okay? And often this means that we'll consume even more calories on top of the alcohol, the calories and the alcohol that we've consumed. And if you had decided not to drink or at least drink in moderation, you probably would have been satisfied with the dinner that you had a couple of drinks and then gone home. But when we drink in excess, you know, you accumulate all the energy that is in the alcohol and then usually like anywhere up to like half a day's or a full day's worth of food, trying to eat off the feelings that are starting to come up as the alcohol is wearing off. And alcohol can actually interfere with the absorption of essential nutrients, including vitamins and minerals, and proper nutrient intake is important for overall health and influence the body's ability to metabolize fat. So those people that choose to drink on a regular basis, and this can happen when people decide to go on, they're just counting their calories. Sometimes what will happen is that they will bank their calories for say their Friday and Saturday nights and use all of their calories on alcohol. Clearly alcohol, alcohol does not have very good nutrient qualities or properties. So you become quite depleted. Not only you've got lack of sleep, your liver's working overtime, you haven't had any proper nutrients, then you're going to feel even worse the following day. You're feeling worse, so you might be more inclined to try and avoid that feeling by then going for more of your like energy-rich foods, you know, the things that are high in fats, like high in carbs, anything just sort of like take that feeling away. You know, you typical hangover food. Not only that, you're generally pretty dehydrated because alcohol is a diuretic. So it will increase urine production. You know that, that saying, like you've broken the seal. Once you break that seal, you feel like you might be running to the toilet quite a lot. Now, this dehydration effect can, well, definitely will affect your exercise performance and recovery <laughs> if you can even exercise the following day. And half of that also goes on to because alcohol interferes with your sleep patterns, it can be really, really difficult to find the motivation to move the next day. Adequate sleep is crucial for overall health, including having a successful fat loss program or or journey. And when we decide to drink, especially multiple occasions and not in any kind of moderation, you're going to be compounding all these effects. I will always, and I often talk about, probably because I used to work in finance, but Everything is always compounding for you or against you. It's like interest. So you can make a bunch of really, really small choices over the course of your week and you will end up with positive, right? You'll end up with a positive outcome at the end of it. Or you can also make a series of really, really small choices that step you further away from your goal, i.e., oh, it's Christmas time. I'm having drinks Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, I'm just going to pick off this grazing platter. Oh, I don't have time to exercise then. And all of a sudden, While they might not seem like big choices because they're generally not in the moment, you've overconsumed more calories than you need, you've moved less, you've lowered your inhibitions by drinking lots of alcohol, so you've consumed, and you're like, oh, well, it's only one takeaway meal, it doesn't matter. But you forgot about the grazing platter and the roaming food, and oh, and definitely those two cocktails that I had. You know, and two cocktails can have anywhere of up to 500 calories, which can be a whole meal's worth of food. So we forget about all of those small things, and then we do that over a week, yeah, maybe no, no big difference. You do that over four weeks over the festive period and then all of a sudden you're at New Year's Day and you are the person that says, 
oh, I've just got to get healthy. I've just got to start the year off right. A lot of people do this year in and year out. And instead of going, okay, I'm going to make the choice to moderate, we go back to that societal norms and the, the drinking culture of just being like, oh, well, I want to be socially accepted. So I just want to establish some common ground. This can sometimes happen if you're in an event where you don't know a lot of people and you're like, oh, you know, what? I'm just going to have a few drinks, take the edge off. And then you end up feeling like because your inhibitions are lowered that you can build some deeper connections with others. And non-drinkers may face questions of skepticism or that people, they may feel like people don't want to engage with them as much because maybe they're not on the level, the same level, or maybe they can't get as involved in those conversations. So it can just become an uncomfortable experience. People tend to gravitate towards people that do the same things as them. Now, that's obviously because we feel like we've got a lot in common with somebody. If you, know, if you meet somebody that went to the same high school as you, you automatically feel like you've got a connection, you know, because you're like, oh, we went to the same high school. Even if you weren't friends then, but you've got something that's common that you can talk about. So you automatically drop a little bit of your guard and you're like, okay, we can have a conversation. If you meet somebody at a dinner party and they, whatever, they have a totally different life experience to you, they don't drink, maybe they're vegan or whatever, you can automatically be like, oh, I don't know if we have a lot in common. And you'll have polite conversation with them, but you might not feel like you can connect over certain things. But you actually probably can. You can find that common ground, but it can be easier to do if you've had some drinks. And so if you're somebody who struggles in situations socially, it can be a little bit of a coping mechanism. And a coping mechanism can also be using alcohol as stress relief because it's the belief that alcohol can alleviate some social discomfort. As humans, I talk about this all the time. We try and avoid discomfort as much as possible. So sometimes having a drink in a social situation is much easier than allowing people to see who you truly are and what you truly believe in. But I want to try and normalize and have people support each other on their health journeys. Because in these particular episodes, Kyle Richards is saying, I can't afford to be depressed right now. It's almost like she's, she's actually yelling at these women. And it's like, do you want me to have a breakdown? Is that what you want? Do you want to be, get to the point where I'm at an intervention or when I am that person that's drunk on the floor that you can all talk about? Like, what is it that you want? It's like they can't support her decision to be healthy. And I know a lot of my clients will struggle with this. If they're around friends that they've been friends with for a long time, and one of the things that they definitely had in common or one of the ways they had bonded was that they would go out and that they would drink together. And that's the way that they would have fun. But when you no longer find fun in those things, you can sort of feel like maybe you're losing friendships and you're not. You just have to find new common ground. So it's all about changing the way that we see ourselves in these social situations. So what can you do if you decide that you do want to change this behavior and for the long term and manage the social pressure when you don't want to drink? Because it is really, really challenging, but it is entirely possible with some strategies. So one of the things is be really confident in your decision. If you own your decision, whatever it is, whether you've decided that you are a healthy person and this is just the way that you conduct yourself, if you own that decision and you consistently show people that is who you are, they will stop asking you questions because like that is just what they do now, right? That is just that. So own your decision not to drink or to drink moderately with confidence. Remember that your choice is completely valid and you actually don't owe anyone an explanation. And often confidence can deter persistent questioning and being open with people and saying, oh no, I'm just looking after my health right now. And this is what I need to do for that. I'm not sure if it'll be forever, but this is what I'm doing. You're leaving the door open so that down the track, if you do potentially want to have drinks and lots of drinks, then you can do that. But you're setting a precedent for these people that, hey, this is what I'm going to do. So, you know, and 
If you feel like that might not be possible for you to do straight up, instead, prepare a really polite response. Like, no thanks, I'm not drinking tonight. And full stop, you don't really have to explain anything. Or I'm just taking a break from alcohol for personal reasons. That's it. That's not to say that you might think in your head that the person will jump to a conclusion and be like, does she have a problem with alcohol? Don't worry what other people are thinking about you all the time. That is part of the reason why I excessively drank in my 20s because I was so concerned about what other people were thinking or saying. What I didn't realize is that my actions usually led to behaviors that people would talk about anyway and be like, oh, did you see her? She was definitely polaxed. That happened on a number of occasions because I was so busy caring about what other people think. And it's not perfect all the time. I still sometimes get affected by people commenting on Instagram, whether it be about my body type or about things that I post. And sometimes I just care so much. And then I realize that I'm like, I'm just going to let it be. I don't care. Like I can care if I let the thought go over and over in my head. But there is this really, really great Mel Robbins. She's recently just put out this bit of content and she's like, if people want to think that about you, let them. And it is so great because it's so true. If someone wants to think that you're boring now because you don't drink, let them. Great. Good for you. I'm not boring. I'm looking after my health. I'm doing something that's positive for me. I'm feeling really, really good about my decisions. I'm feeling really good in myself mentally and physically about making this choice. So if you want to think that I'm boring, absolutely go ahead. Let them, right? Putting that into practice is much easier said than done because we've had a lot of previous conditioning over the years, but it can definitely help in these circumstances. Like, okay, that's fine. I'm going to let you think whatever you need to think. That is totally fine. I am confident in my decision. Another thing that you can do is go prepared and have non-alcoholic beverage. So always having like a soda water in your hand or if you, you know, prefer something like a kombucha or something like that can help deflect offers of alcohol and people might be less likely to pressure you. If they see that you already have a drink, they may not even ask. They're like, okay, that's great. She's made her choice. But it can also be if you're trying to maybe break a habit or set a new precedent in a social situation like that. Sometimes it can be handy just having that soda water there because it's really common in social situations to want to put your hand to mouth because that's what you've always done. And breaking those behavior patterns can be really, really difficult. I'll often talk about this one. You know, if you were the person, say you went to the footy, every time you went to the footy that it was like a meat pie and hot chips, that's just what you got. You know, you sit in a similar position each time and the sounds of the game, the crowd, you know, the smells, all that kind of stuff really enticed you to crave a meat pie and hot chips. The first time that you go and break that behavior, it's going to feel really weird. But I will always say to my clients, just take something that's an alternate. You can still perform that hand-to-mouth situation, say whether you've got like a salad wrap or you've got something that's really snacky, but it just ends up aligning a little bit more with your goals. And if you do that frequently enough, then your mind resets that that's the behavior you perform when you're in that social situation. So having that non-alcoholic beverage and instead just having, you know, whether it be soda water or regular water, whatever, all you're going to be doing is just hydrating. So you're going to be then making another positive choice towards your goal. And if you are feeling like you are uncomfortable or you just really don't want to engage in activities that might be in like social situations that are loud and they have people that are drunk and whatnot, just suggest an alternative. Say, oh, hey, instead of going here, do you mind if we go out for dinner to this restaurant instead? Like instead of going to a bar, let's go out for dinner to a restaurant. Or do you want to go for a walk? Do you want to have a picnic? Do you want to do something that's active instead of doing something that revolves around like food or drink. Another thing that you can do, and if you've got a really great group of friends around you, and I certainly hope that most of us do have those one, two, three, four or more people around you, enlist some support. Tell your friends what you're doing and about your decision beforehand. Hey, I've decided not to drink on Saturday. I'm happy to be the designated driver, 
because of X, Y, Z. I have been really fortunate to have a beautiful group of girlfriends around me since I was in my like early 20s, going back to high school as well. And we're pretty open with each other around when we're going through something mentally or when we're working on something physically. Say, hey, I'm happy to put my hand up and drive us all in because I'm choosing not to drink. And those people should be supported, right? You should be supported. Your friends should want to see you win. If it was by chance, and this may happen in some circumstances, that people might be not drinking because they're afraid of calories. And if someone is going down a little bit of a slippery slope, remember in another episode, I spoke about instead of judging them and talking about them behind their back, do it in a really supportive way of just checking in if they're okay. Don't openly have a conversation in front of a group of people saying, oh, you know, you've chosen not to drink a few times, you're not eating your food. If a person really needs support around that situation, the place to do it is not going to be in a public forum around when people are drinking, right? It is going to be in a really, really nice, comfortable environment for both of you where you're coming from a place of concern and love. And by all means, if you are someone that's going through that or you know someone that's going through that, you know, you can reach out to the Butterfly Foundation on more appropriate methods for that. But that is a very different thing to what I'm talking about. So, but always know that if you want to contact me, I can refer you on to a qualified or suitably qualified professional in that area. So once you've got the support of your friends and they know what you're doing ahead of time, they can adjust their expectations of what your behavior is going to be. And another thing that you can do if you're out and maybe you're around a group of people, they're like, oh, why aren't you drinking? Oh, are you pregnant? I hate that question for so many reasons. Don't be offended by the question. That person clearly doesn't have the right sort of social understanding to read the situation or understand that that is a very, very touchy topic for a lot of people. But instead of getting angry about that and you can't control another person's behavior, you just politely change the subject when someone insists on you either having a drink or asking you a question like that. No, I'm not. Thanks so much for the offer though. And then redirect the conversation somewhere else, you know, just to a neutral or more positive topic. That'll make you feel a whole lot better as well because dwelling on somebody asking you a question like that isn't always helpful for your mental state. In particular, if you are somebody who has chosen not to drink for mental health reasons and somebody comes up and says that, or if you are in that stage of life where you are trying to conceive and that is one of the reasons why you're choosing not to drink, those comments can feel particularly sharp only if you let them. You can go, okay, I'm just going like, to let that bounce off. Person doesn't know about my situation. They don't know the intricacies. And that's okay. I'm going to let them have that ignorant moment, but I'm not going to let it affect me. I'm just going to focus on what is right for me. And having that sort of, you know, it's hard to do in practice, but I had so many people at the start of this year asking me, oh, they're congratulating me that I was pregnant. I was not, right? I was not. And I used to become so offended. I'm just the kind of person who gets really fluidy around the time that I ovulate and then until I get my period. And the first couple of times I really did let it get to me, but then I was like, you know what? So people have no idea what my situation is. I'm just going to leave it and just focus on myself. And when I did that, I released, they didn't have control over my emotions anymore. And that's sort of what we have to apply in these situations is that don't let other people have control over how you feel about yourself or your choices. Okay. Because be confident. Okay. And, you know, educate people around your personal preferences and do it without sounding judgmental. Let them know that it's okay for them to engage in the behavior. You're just choosing not to. You remember the polite response. Focus on what's important to you. And if you are going through a phase in your life where you are looking to work on your health and fitness, and that's your reason for avoiding alcohol, expressing that to other people is the best thing that you can do. If somebody is a well-known, like somebody that enjoys marathons, 
No one's going to question them when they don't drink. They're like, oh, they really love marathons. So it's going to affect their training. Everybody accepts that. But if you're doing it for like, a, you know, whether it be a fat loss perspective or something like that, everybody feels the need to be like, oh, you used to be fun. And you're like, it's not okay to poke fun at what I'm doing. But you don't have to say it like that. Remember, we can still let other people do what they need to do. We just want to reserve judgment. So focus on yourself, be assertive, not aggressive, and find like-minded individuals that are your friends, other acquaintances who also might choose to not drink and then be okay with it. Remember, you'll learn, you're teaching your friends that you have a new precedent. And then lastly, my friend, is just to practice mindfulness. Stay present in the moment and avoid succumbing to the external pressures of societal norms or what other people want you to do. So you're just going to think about what your goals and priorities are. And if that's having one to two drinks, you're going to feel really good for staying moderate and enjoying that moment with your friend or your family or whatever it is. And then moving on from it, if it's choosing not to drink at all, absolutely awesome. If it is choosing to partake in the drinking, then go in with a little bit of a plan and be like, you know what, I'm going to stick to this amount of drinks. I'm going to do it moderately. I'm going to have some really beautiful, nutritious food. I'm going to enjoy the company of my friends and family. And I also know the following day, I'm going to go straight back to what my goals are and we're going to try and balance that out a little bit. Now, that's not going all out the other way. It is just returning to normal. So remember that your decision not to drink is personal and you have the right to make the choices align with your values and your well-being. So maybe by using some of these strategies, you're going to be able to get through the silly season with a little bit more moderation which is what I like to think maybe I have improved upon as I've gotten a little bit older. There are definitely still times where I go all out over and above, but I do feel like the consumption of my alcohol is much less than what it was. And it is reflecting in both my like professional, personal life, right? Because it does have negative impacts when you're drinking on a really, really consistent basis if you aren't able to moderate it. So hopefully this has sort of like broadened your eyes, maybe a little bit. And I really want to start shifting perspectives on the way that we might talk about other people's choices, especially when it comes to supporting their health and fitness. So if you like this one, let me know, hit me up in the DMs, leave a comment if you can and you have time and you are enjoying this podcast. I would be so appreciative and so grateful if you could just rate the podcast for me. It does help other people find access to this information and helps me know that you're enjoying the content that I'm putting out there. So I would absolutely love you if you could do that for me. And till next time, my friend, I will see you again soon.